Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. Welcome to Sunday Podcast. This is our chance to play for you some of the best moments from the radio show and some great interviews during the week that you may have missed. If you ever want to check out our show, go to Bongino.com. Go to Station Finder and see what radio station we're on near you. You'll love it. I promise you. We put a lot of work into the radio show. Check it out. But before that, let me tell you about our first sponsor. Ever heard of data brokers? They're the middleman collecting the digital footprints you leave online. They use your browsing history and location data to sell your profile off to a company who delivers you a targeted ad. No biggie, right? Well, you might be surprised to learn that these same data brokers are also selling your information to the Department of Homeland Security and the IRS. Oof. To mask my digital footprints, I protect myself with ExpressVPN. Brokers aggregate data and tie it back to you through your device's unique IP address, which also reveals information about your location. When you're connected to ExpressVPN, your IP address is hidden, making it difficult for them to identify who you are. ExpressVPN also encrypts 100% of network traffic to keep your data safe from the hackers on public Wi-Fi. That's why I have the ExpressVPN app downloaded on all of my devices, phone, computer, even my home Wi-Fi router. All I do is tap one button and I'm protected. It's really that easy. I love it. I use it everywhere. Get the best VPN money can buy. Go to expressvpn.com slash Bongino right now and get three extra months free. Expressvpn.com slash Bongino. First up today, we talk with Leo Terrell. He's a good friend of the show about Biden's disastrous apocalyptic presidency and is constantly claiming to be a civil rights activist when it's just not true. It's been debunked. I mean, is there anything lower than that? Leo had some thoughts on it. All right, this guy's an audience favorite, probably our number one guest. I've, we had an on-demand feature like uh, conservative Netflix or something. Everyone would uh, click on the, the, uh, the Leo Terrell <laughs> autobiography because they love him so much. Welcoming back to the show, the great Leo Terrell. Leo, thanks for spending some time with us, man. Appreciate it. My pleasure. Happy New Year, Mr. Dan Bongino and Jim and staff hey we love you buddy happy new year to you too so no better person uh, to come on and talk about this I, I have a couple things i want to address first but leo you're an actual civil rights attorney like a guy who's got the bona fides and the cv and the track record of going to war for people's civil rights so I, i'm going to play when we're done with this interview Yet another, and I say yet another because it's sad, it happens all the time. Another cut of Joe Biden just yesterday um, in a largely black church in South Carolina, again, falsely claiming to have been some big civil rights advocate. Now, Leo, if that was actually true, I have no problem with him running for office and saying that. It'd be a nice thing to know. Oh, wow, that's great. That's impressive. The problem, Leo, is Joe Biden was not, in fact, a civil rights activist. This has been debunked seven different ways from Sunday. And he continues to say, and one final point before I get your thought on it, outside of military stolen valor, Leo, given our country's history with race, I find nothing more morally repugnant than civil rights stolen valor and falsely claiming you were a civil rights activist when, in fact, you did absolutely nothing for the movement. And, and let me tell you right now, you're, you're being kind to him. He's, he's just an outright liar. And when you flip yeah. it over, the guy is a racist. You know, people know, ask me all the time, why did I leave the Democratic Party? 2020, Dan, this liar goes on a national radio show and say, if you don't vote for me, you ain't black. That's yeah. racist. That is a racist statement. This is a guy whose mentor was a Klan's member. But, so, but, but for the call of your question, this guy goes into a black church plays the race card, lies in church about his association with the civil rights movement when he had absolutely nothing to do with it. And there was a tape yesterday I was watching where he even admitted he had no involvement. But because he is Joe Biden, because 95% of the media protects him, he's a, he's a liar, he gets away with lying every day. And it's insulting, and he's pandering to an old group of black men headed by Jim Kleinberg thinking that black Americans today are going to drink that Kool-Aid. They're not. And that's why they have left and they're leaving the Democratic Party. Yeah, and the numbers are dramatic, Leo. I mean, if you believe the polling data, and you know, it's polling data, I'm always a little skeptical, but even if the polling data is half true, you know, upwards of, say, 15 to 20% of black voters 
are saying right now, and that's at the low end, that, hey, Joe Biden's not for me. And, you know, to people not familiar with polling, that may not sound like a lot. Well, Dan, that means 80% are. Well, folks, you got to understand, when 85 to 90% of black voters in the past have voted Democrat, and now 10% of them are saying, no, no, I'm not voting for this guy. Maybe it's RFK, maybe it's Trump. Folks, there are a lot of black voters in the country, especially in Philadelphia, in swing states like Georgia, where Atlanta has a large black population. Leo, these are game-changing numbers. If Donald Trump gets 18 19%, and granted, that's a big number. I understand that. These are absolutely game-changing mathematical numbers that make the Electoral College for Joe Biden almost impossible. You're, you're absolutely correct. Dan, if, if, if two or three or four percent, forget about big enough tip, double digit leave, two to right. three to four percent of blacks leaving Joe Biden, voting for Trump, it's game over in Georgia. It's game over in Pennsylvania and Philadelphia and in cities where the black population will change the outcome. It's game over in Detroit and Michigan. Joe Biden is in trouble with the black vote. You know why? Because these black Americans are going to Donald Trump, the so-called racist Trump. No, they, they don't drink the Kool-Aid. They don't believe that the Democratic Party is the savior of black Americans. The Democratic Party has enslaved black Americans. And I'll tell you right now, I am a happier person, a happier American by leaving the Democratic Party. They have destroyed the black community. And one final point. Look at the black citizens in Chicago in a total uprising over a sanctuary city, Chicago, and a communist mayor who just has disregarded the black citizen and doing the dirty work of the white liberals. Yeah, and we're talking to Leo Terrell. Leo, you, you're so right. It's, it's so condescending how, you know, and, and candidly, a lot of swampy Republicans have done this, too. How they speak about black voters as if they're so one-dimensional, as if a, a you know a working black male plumber in Virginia, whatever it may be, it, you know, is incapable of voting outside of someone's skin color. What he's been told to do, it's 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 immature, it's immoral, it's it's stupid, it's surface-level thinking. You know, the people who said they go, oh, they're not going to vote for Donald Trump. He's a Republican. It, you know, some there were a lot of people out there, and I got a I got a whisper of this a while ago. I've told this story before, so uh, forgive me for repeating it. But a, a friend of mine is is a tech investor. He's a pretty wealthy guy, but he goes to a lot of events, and in those events, he's around a lot of very wealthy black people, lawyers, entertainers, sports figures, business people, the entire cornucopia. Leo, he said to me, "This is a couple years ago." Leo, he's like, "Dan, you are going to be shocked." How many people in this next election are going to vote for Donald Trump? He goes, I sit there sometimes. He goes, I pretend not to be shocked because he's a Trump supporter. He's like, they are all in it for Donald Trump. He's, he goes, one of them said, came up to me and says, I call him Uncle Trump. I said, you call him whatever you want. I don't care as long as you vote for him. But I think this election, you're going to see some big numbers. Well, you're absolutely right, Dan. I'll tell you the reason why. Because the mainstream media, CBS, NBC, and the Democratic Party, they're in a 1965 time war. I mean, this is this, this black population do not think like it's the 60s or the 70s. They have moved on past this great society mentality. They want independent jobs. They want to work for themselves. They want ownership and control and the democratic party is still spelling out oh you need the government no we don't we need government out of our lives and they just don't get it and they won't accept it you go outside of the beltway you understand that black americans regardless of color are looking for everything that you articulate liberty freedom independence school choice god values freedom they don't see it dan they they just don't see it no, they don't. And it's it's going to be one of those things that it's, you know, what what's uh, the old line, uh, you know, bankruptcy, it's, it, it's, gra- it's all it's gradual. And then all of a sudden that's what's going to happen. You're going to see a gradual flow of black voters into this. Hopefully this new GOP, this non swamp oriented GOP going forward. And then you're going to see one or two elections where it's just going to be there's going to be a seismic, you know, um, a punctuated equal equilibrium like event where things just change. It's going to happen. I mean, it's happened before and you just can't take advantage of a voting demographic like the Democrats have taken advantage of the black and Hispanic vote like this and do nothing for these communities forever. Eventually, people catch on, even with the media, even with the media covering for them. 
You're absolutely right. And I'm going to sit there and I'm going to put some pressure on you because you're right. I think, first of all, let me tell you right now, I think Trump is going to win. And I think there's going to be a – he's got like four solid years to, to really make America great again like he did before. And, and, and you got a calling, Dan. I hear your program. I listen to your program. you got a calling. i got a calling. People who are loyal to making this country great. You talk about freedom and liberty. If you get that call from, the, from Washington, you're going to put down that <laughs> mic and head – you're going to Washington, D.C. Because I'm telling you right now, Dan, I listen to your program. You're going to have to help Trump. You know for a fact, the first time around, he was around some rhinos. He knows who are loyal to him and to this country. Dan Bongino, you're loyal to this country. <laughs> if you get that call, you got to go. Leo, you know, you uh, I, I love you, brother. I, it's funny how you and I started on Fox, you know, arguing and became the best of friends. It's just like yes. the greatest friendship story ever. I, you know, matter of fact, it's, it's funny you bring this up. I, I'm only mentioning it because you're so, you know, you're such a loyal friend to me and you always have been. And I deeply appreciate it. But I know you care about the country. You're not just saying that because you and I are buddies. You're saying that because you care about the country and you know I do too. And I deeply appreciate it. I, I really do. But I, well, just the other day, someone sent me this video. They're like, here, look at you and Leo arguing back in the day. It was a YouTube clip. And it was even then you and I were like so passionate. Yeah. So I love you, brother. I appreciate that. And, uh, you know, it's it's um, it's always a, it's a lot to think about. I want to get your thoughts on this one final topic. We're talking to the great Leo Terrell. So, Leo, the, the opening of my show today, I was discussing this Washington Times article about political violence, something I obviously fully abhor and condemn completely, resolutely, dispositively. Uh, once we go down that path, there's absolutely no coming back. However, what worries me, Leo, is the left doesn't feel the same way. When violence happens on the right, we condemn it. The left can say we don't all they want, but you and I know we do. We're like, that. that's totally inappropriate, uh, potentially illegal, prosecute them. We shouldn't be doing that. Uh, we don't. We don't do that. The Tea Party rallies were largely uh, were largely uh, uh, patriotic and peaceful. You know, January 6th, a lot of that stuff shouldn't have happened. Conservatives spoke out against it. But a lot of people got entrapped in that entire thing, too. However, the left doesn't feel the same way, Leo. We had these BLM Antifa riots. You had people out there uh, largely peaceful as cities were burning down. So what concerns me, and I want to get your thoughts on, is if Donald Trump wins, and he's likely to do so, in November, we're going to have this two and a half month period until his inauguration. Leo, nobody knows the left better than you. I am genuinely afraid, and I mean that, that all of the guardrails are going to be off and that they are going to lose their minds. And we are going to see something in America we haven't seen in a long time. And I got to tell you, sir, it scares the hell out of me. I'll tell you, you are spot on. I am afraid. I want the, your listeners to hear that. I am afraid for the president's safety. I am afraid mm -hmm. that if he, when he wins, because see, the left can get away with, with radical comments. You got, you remember Maxine Waters, all these individuals yes. who just basically yes. go out in public and threaten Republicans, threaten Donald Trump over and over again. And, and, and there's no condemnation whatsoever. And so they're basically signaling a green light. And I pray for President Trump's safety. And I'm telling you right now, from November 2024, when he gets elected, up until the time he takes office, we have to pray and protect this man because I'm telling you, the Democrats are sending signals, signals yeah. of, 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 of basically, we'll look the other way, do whatever you want. You know, it's Trump. We don't care. We have to care. And I pray for President Trump's safety. Yeah, me too. I had this conversation. I did a long form interview uh, with Tucker on my podcast on Rumble Leo, and this topic came up too about his safety. And, and, and it's crazy how many people on the left are like, oh, you know, you're just promoting, yeah. you know, some conspiracy theory. And then when I respond to them, do you understand what I did for a living before I came here? I don't throw that stuff know. around cavalierly. I would, I would, I, I mean, I don't want to say who, but Leo, you know me a long time. Like when I put that out there, that's a very serious thing. There are people contacting me who are very concerned about what you just said. Nothing you just said is some kind of crazy out of left field conspiracy theory. There are security experts in my former space who are genuinely concerned that people are getting riled up to such a degree that if he wins, they see as the only way out, you know, yeah. the unthinkable. And it's uh, just yeah, I hear you. And you have the yeah. credibility to talk about this. And the unthinkable, we all know what it means we're talking about. We have to take precautions, safety measure. That man, if he wins and he's going to win, 
needs to be protected 24-7 because I'm telling you, the left is signaling what they will do at any cost. They are afraid of losing power and control, Dan Bongino, and they'll do anything to to maintain that power and control. They don't care about democracy. They love and they're thirsty for power. Yeah, they are. Leo Terrell, it is always an honor and a pleasure to have you on the show. You're such a good man and a good friend, and you're welcome here anytime. Thanks so much for spending some time with us. We appreciate it. Thank you, Dan Bongino. Be nice to Jim. (laughs) <laughs> you know, Jim, you ever notice he says that every time when he leaves? He's it's hilarious. He loves you guys. You would mind. Be good to the crew over there. Jim, am I good to you and Mike? Come on. Tell the audience. On the mic. Yes, he's very good to <laughs> I am. I love these guys. Up next, an important rant from the show. But first, let me tell you about our next sponsor. Folks, Beam's Dream Powder, I love it. I'm, I'm still trying to having a bit of a rough time sleeping. Obviously, you can tell last night I was out. I, I took my Beam Dream Powder. It's great stuff. It's poor sleep negatively impacting your life. You tried other sleep supplements with no success. Embrace the importance of a restful slumber like I had last night. Introduce yourself to an amazing product I love. It'll revolutionize your nighttime routine, and it tastes freaking amazing. <laughs> it's Beam's Dream Powder, a hot cocoa for sleep that could transform your nights. You know me, you know Dream's been a game changer for my sleep. And today, my listeners get a special discount on Beam's Dream Powder. Their science-backed hot cocoa for sleep with no added sugar. Better sleep has never tasted better. Listen, other sleep aids cause that next-day drowsiness. A lot of them, Dream, contains a powerful, all-natural blend. And I encourage you to look this stuff up. Reishi, magnesium, L-theanine, apigenin, and melatonin help you fall asleep like that. Stay asleep, wake up, refresh, feel great like I do today. Just mix Beam Dream into hot water or milk. That's how I use it, milk, and enjoy before bedtime. If you want to try Beam's best-selling dream powder, get up to 40% off for a limited time when you go to shopbeam.com slash Bongino and use code Bongino at checkout. That's shopbeam.com slash Bongino and use code Bongino for up to 40% off. Do you see that garbage stunt trash bag Hunter Biden pulled up on Capitol Hill? What a joke. I went off on this absolute life loser. This guy's total scum. Take a listen. Yeah, man, I'm not, I'm not really, I'm not really feeling like a cutesy time guy today. I'm just not. So I just, as a personal courtesy to you out there in the wonderful, awesome radio listening audience, I did the Hunter Biden thing. I'm just, today's show is not going to be cute. So if there's young kids listening, I strongly recommend, you know, the tune out. The good news is, Jim, uh, it's a Wednesday. It is in the year 2024 where various exceptions were carved out in a new regulatory scheme. I was just made aware of via email. Apparently the FCC has waived all obligations on this show uh, today. So that's that's at least good to know. Again. No, no, you were on the email. It's on the, it's on the, uh, boy, that was it. That was another phishing scheme. that was was another phishing scheme that was that was a nigerian scam from about the oil prince or something like i didn't know that who's the wbap board up what's his name sean you better have sean's our official liaison to the fcc you better tell him to get on that dude (laughs) no listen i'm serious i i i one, I feel great today. I'm back to 100%. For those of you who've been sending me messages, about it was just a little cold, but now I'm 100%. My voice still a little shaky. But uh, And you know, the weird thing is when you, when you have kind of a nasty cold and you get over it, you feel like today, you, right? You feel like extra, but you feel like you have like Superman-like powers. I woke up this morning, I slept great, and I'm like, holy Moses, I don't feel bad. And it's not that you don't feel bad, you feel amazing. So I was really in the mood for the show. But I'm not in the mood for cutesy time with this Hunter Biden thing. I'm sorry. So, again, if you're looking for a cutesy time show, today ain't for you because the guy's a scumbag. Okay? Um, His dad is a kid-sniffing, daughter-showering, sociopathic, lying, plagiarizing, grifting, bribe-taking, deal-cutting, CCP next-to-office-holding, a woman-feeling plagiarizing nightmare of a human being with a son who's a disgrace to humankind who during a time where there's a war in the Middle East going on, there's an increasingly hot threat from China. 
We have a, a perilous economic situation going on as pre- labor force uh, participation and productivity numbers tank. We've got an Iowa caucus a week away in one of the hottest political races of the year. This scum, this scumbag of a son, Hunter Biden, decides he's going to show up at a deposition to look like some kind of conquering hero and then walk right out when he's forced to ask an actual question. I'm tired of this family. I'm tired of this piece of garbage. I'm tired of his piece of garbage dad. I'm tired of the piece of garbage brother. I'm tired of it, folks. You know, it's just, I'm tired of being tired of it. It's just interesting that everything we were told Donald Trump was, correct? They lack of decorum, Donald Trump disgraced the presidency. It's funny. We haven't found any Coke in the White House. We haven't found any Coke in the White House. It's just so interesting. We haven't, seen, we haven't seen any CCP business deals. Oh, no, 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 no. Foreigners stayed at hotels. Donald Trump. Had, oh, they did? Because Donald Trump was in the hotel business? Oh, really? Oh, so did, wait, if a, if, if a, if a, I know, shocking. So if a Chinese Communist Party member buys Joe Biden's book, does that mean Joe Biden was influenced by the, oh, you stupid a-holes on the left. You're the dumbest, pe- this is why I hate you people. And if I ever run for the presidency, which I'm going to one day, it is only going to be, it's not going to be to win. Make no mistake. It is only going to be to use what is going to be a well-financed microphone to expose to the world how stupid you people are. So it's okay for Bill Clinton to get offered $500,000 from a speech from a Russian company connected to an international business deal. His wife was over. That's okay. The wife is overseeing. But if a foreigner stays at a hotel who Donald Trump, who's in the hotel business, stays at, Donald Trump is definitely doing what Joe Biden did taking money from his son who's taking money from the Chinese Communist Party for a business nobody can describe. It's not hotels. It's a, what, what is the business? Plumbing? HVAC? Air conditioning? Sheetrock? What are they doing? I'm sorry. Jim's like, I can't. I'm, 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 folks, I'm, t- I'm just tired of it. How much more of a disgrace to this country do we need? You got a guy yesterday who does coke in his White House. He can't find his way off Marine or Air Force One. His dog bites everyone they see. The son is literally on tape smoking the smoking crack while engaged in the nasty with a bunch of women of the night. Not a joke. I've got obviously. I've got people calling me left and right like, oh, brother, you don't know the half a bit about the Biden family. And we got to continue. It's like this great country. It's like the beatings will continue until morale improves. What is it going to take for this guy to resign? Look at this filth, this human garbage, Hunter Biden. His brother dies and he's hooking up with the wife. His, can I tell you something? Listen, I don't like to share personal conversations with President Trump. Because it's, but I, I'm, I'm reasonably confident he'd be okay with this. Actually, I'm 100% confident I wouldn't say it. One is because I don't like to name drop because it's ridiculous. Hey, look at me. I talked to Who cares? Everybody talks to Trump. He's got a lot of friends, okay? But that's that. But one time I was up in the White House and I was chatting with him. And this is before Biden had jumped in the race. This is like just obviously a couple years in to, his, to, uh, to the last term. My wife was right. Paula, if you're listening to the radio show, come up here. Because she was right there. If you're listening, come up so you can vouch. She, I never asked her to come on the radio. But she's like a couple rooms away. She was right next to me when this happened. Hey, Paula! I want her to vouch for me on this. He comes up to me, Trump, as we're leaving. And he's like, who do you think's going to run? And keep in mind, this is like a year and a half, and nobody's officially announced yet on the Dem side. I said, ah, probably Beto. I said, you know, he had a good run against Ted Cruz. 
I, I said, embarrassingly enough, I said, this guy, guy could be a little bit of trouble. That turned out to be a laugher. But I said, Kamala's probably going to run. And I said, Joe Biden. But I said, I, I don't know, man. I said, this guy's just a walking disaster. You know, so many people tell me so many bad stories about Biden. He looks me in the face. And he goes, can you imagine? He goes, the guy's kid. He goes, shacking up with the wife after the brother died from brain cancer. He looks me in the face. He goes, man. I know some messed up people, but I don't know anyone who would do that. Paula, please. Again, hold on, I gotta, I'm going to text her. She's got to come up here and vouch for me. I, oh, dude, no, I want her to come here. Come up here. I'm going to come up here. I'm gonna, if, she come, if she does, I'm gonna, she was right there when it happened. He couldn't believe it. Coke in the White House. The sun on videotape smoking the grizzle. The... Smoking crack bongs. Oh, here she is. The white, the, oh, oh yeah. The, the, the boobies flashing in the White House lawn. Hey, I need a favor. I never asked you to do this. But can you just attest to the audience that this happened? Come here. Come here. You don't have to talk yet. We're, I know you're in. No, no, no. It's not about. So we're in the White House with Trump, remember? Yeah. And we're leaving the White House and the topic of Biden comes up, right? And what is Trump, did he not say to us about, remember the kid was like knocking boots with the, with the <laughs> dead brothers? Yes. And what, what, what did he say? Do you remember what he said? I remember exactly. But he said, he said this. <laughs> Tell me if this, he I said, exactly. he goes, I know a lot of like bad people, right? But I don't know anybody who would do anything like that. Right, that's right. You see, it happened. Just say yes, please say yes, it happened. So they know I'm not Yes, it happened. There you go. She was right there. And you know, Paula never lies. Thank you. You know, I never ask you to do that on the show, ever. <laughs> so, folks. You, you, oh, you got Paula on the stream. Yes, if you're watching on Rumble, you actually saw Paula on the stream. That's, yes, that's exactly what happened. He's like, I know a lot of people do some bad stuff. They wouldn't do anything like that. I'm sick of this guy. Jim, cue up for me, cut one. Here's some audio of what happened. He decides to show up at this deposition the last minute for, for me, I guess, a media op. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, the guy's scum. He's human garbage. Who the hell knows what he was doing? He shows up at the last second, and instead of showing up with some dignity and actually, you know, pre-planning it and answering questions to the American people about this outward threat to the national security operations of the United States by selling out our country, i.e. through his dad. Uh, no, he walks in for a second for a photo op to, again, screw up the whole country, and then he walks out like a coward, like a chump, like a dog. Here, check this out. All right, Chair, recognize Ms. Green from Georgia for five minutes. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Uh, excuse going? me, Hunter. Apparently, you're afraid of my words. Whoa. Uh, here goes. <laughs> oh. I like to reclaim my time, Mr. Chairman. Burst their bubble. Wow, that's too bad. I think it's clear and obvious for everyone watching this hearing today that Hunter Biden is terrified of strong conservative Republican women because he can't even face my words as I was about to speak to him. What a coward. A chump. What a loser. Guy's disgusting, folks. I'm really sick of it. I can't believe we have this great country. So many valiant, brave men women sacrificed and died for, and this is what we're stuck with. A disgusting, kid-sniffing, woman-feeling, plagiarizing liar in the White House who tells people he was a civil rights activist and one of the sickest acts of stolen civil rights valor I've ever seen. This is what we're stuck with? Who's in the midst of a massive cognitive dementia episode? I mean, it's just disgusting. With a crack-smoking, sex-addicted son, knee-deep in an international influence peddling scheme, this is the best we can do? I mean, when, when is enough, enough, enough? He was the best part of the whole thing, the only part that even mattered. Cue up cut two for me, Jim. Hunter's out in the hallway, and a reporter asks the only question that really matters at this point. Hey, Hunter. What's your favorite kind of crack? Let's check this out. Do you please, I'll answer your question if you be quiet and let me make a statement, okay? What kind of crack do you normally smoke, Mr. Biden? Hunter, what's your favorite type of crack? <laughs> uh, 
I'm not sure if you're as frustrated as I am, but folks, I, I, you know, I, I love the place. I do. Um, I've given a lot for this. It's just everybody, you know, we just got back from overseas and everybody wants to come here, even from the world's richest countries. And this is the best we can do. I mean, I could make a strong database case to you that of the 330 million people qualified to lead the United States as the commander in chief and president, this great country of 300 plus million people, that Joe Biden would be in the bottom zero 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 one percent of people you would pick. If you had a checklist of this human piece of flaming garbage's attributes, you wouldn't pick him to lead your kid's Little League team. Matter of fact, you'd have him arrested before he did. Sniffs kids, feels up women, documented plagiarizer, serial liar, fake civil rights activist liar, son does crack, Son is on tape having relations with women of the night in suspect overseas countries, suspected of international bribery and blackmail schemes, international influence peddling, and never had a real job since his 30s. You're telling me you'd pick that kid to coach your son's Little League team? The guy's filth. He's absolute garbage. And I'm tired of him and his disgusting garbage family. The only way we're ever going to get back at these people is the political way, because justice is dead. If you're under any illusions that the Justice Department is going to do a damn thing about this charade today, you are out of your freaking mind. It ain't going to happen. The only thing we can do is kick them out of power and get some sane people in there who might do something about it. Up next, another one of our best interviews, but let's talk about our next sponsor first. Hey, as we head to a presidential election year, one thing you can be sure of, 2024 will be tumultuous. How are your hard-earned savings fare? You already see the impacts of inflation at the pump, the grocery store, everywhere. It's eating away your savings. Wages aren't increasing fast enough. So how are you going to protect your savings? It's important. Consider diversifying with gold from Birch Gold Group. For decades, gold has been the choice of investors and central banks to hedge against inflation. Now you can own it in a tax-sheltered IRA with the help of Birch Gold. Just text Dan to 989898 and Birch Gold will send you a free info kit on gold. They'll help you convert an existing IRA of 401k into an IRA in gold without paying a penny out of pocket. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau and thousands of satisfied customers, me included, you can trust Birch Gold too. Text Dan to 989898 for your free info kit. Text Dan to 989898 now. Performance may vary. Consult with your tax attorney or financial professional before making an investment decision. Message and data rates apply. Here we talk with Julie Kelly. She knows everything about January 6th, about the news about Ray Epps this week. Really, really strange, odd story. You're not going to want to miss this. Check this out. All right, another audience favorite. Whenever uh, something breaks on the January 6th, insurrection! It was an insurrection. Folks, we almost lost everything. Everything. I don't know about you, but that day I was in a, a doctor friend of mine's office. He's a friend, so I had a little ear thing going. I thought I had like an ear infection. I had had some surgery for some stuff. And I don't know about you, Jim, but I was sitting there in the office. I had them lock the doors. I barred the doors. We were all sitting there with shotguns. And we were like, it's over, guys. The doctor's name is Steve. And he was checking my ear for an infection. I'm like, give me that scalpel. And I was sitting there at the door like, it's over. It's an insurrection, man. It's over. Jim, Jim was in the bunker. He was calling Mike for reinforcements. Maybe we should get a little commune going because it's the end of times. It was over, folks. The country was finished. What was I actually doing? I was sitting in his office watching on TV going, ah, it's pretty stupid. Probably shouldn't be doing that. And then I left him, went home and had dinner and told my wife, ah, pretty big mistake. Julie Kelly, author of an amazing book, The Definitive Account of January 6th. You know what the book is called, folks? Take a guess. Jim, you know what it's called? It's called January 6th. Yeah, it's a good guess. It's a good book. You should read it. <laughs> Julie, thanks for spending some time with us. I appreciate it. I cannot believe you are mocking the darkest day in I know. human civilization. I know. It's sick. We I know were I'm troubled. We were exterminated by the QAnon <laughs> right. shaman and the Mimas from Indiana. <laughs> right? 
I, th- I thought the same thing. I, I was sitting behind the door with the doctor's scalpel and he was sitting there with a broomstick and we were really afraid that Jacob Chansley was on the other side going with the Chewbacca sound or whatever. I was terrified. We locked down the elevators and everything. It was so bananas. But if, I mean, Julie, like when you hear them, if you were a space alien, Julie, and knew nothing about human civilization and came here just say a few weeks ago, and were to put in a search engine, completely naive on the topic, January 6th, I mean, candidly, you would believe that that's what actually happened. I mean, hyperbole has no meaning to the left. I mean, you actually would. And you would see over the course of three years how as bad as the left and the Democrats and plenty of Republicans and the media portrayed the events of January 6th, they've actually made it worse. I mean, to have Joe Biden go to Valley Forge and try to portray himself as George Washington (laughs) fighting off evil of the people who, you know, carried American flags and were protesting an election. uh, I mean, he's ramping up. He's accelerating uh, the lies and the deception about that day. And as you know, and I've written and tweeted because they're losing it. You know, Dan, January 6th was supposed to be the end of Trump. It was supposed to be the end of the MAGA movement. They expected to see mass defections out of the Republican Party. Uh, They didn't expect that three years later, their carefully crafted narrative would be disintegrating and people would be mocking it like we are today. Yeah. Well, Julie, again, your book is called January 6th. It's an amazing, uh, authentic account of what happened that day. I wanted to have have you on because of uh, the Ray Epps ongoing debacle. Um, I'm going to play after you're off the air in the next segment, the audio of Ray Epps on Ray Epps. I mean, it's Ray Epps saying things. No one disputes. He said, we're going into the Capitol. I mean, everybody's seen it over and over. And I I wanted to ask you this question, because again, I don't know anybody who knows more about it than you. How is it that these two stories the left has told us can exist at the same time? That this was the this massive insurrection, the country was in danger. We were about to lose everything, but we were just openly mocking. But that the only guy, you know, actually caught on tape and no one, no one disputes it's him claiming that we should go into the Capitol. We're going into the over and over the night before and the next day. How is it that the only guy we actually have on tape got the lightest sentence of anyone involved in the entire thing? If this was the debacle, they say it was January 6th. I mean, it just doesn't make sense. It doesn't, Dan, and I've documented numerous crimes that Ray Apps should be charged with. Not only was he uh, provoking and encouraging people to go to the Capitol the night before, as we've seen on video, and then directing people, I think, down Constitution Avenue towards the Capitol. That's where our problems are. Ray Apps is the Where's Waldo of January 6th. He's at the first breach point when Ryan Samsel, the man he whispered to in his ear, Knocked down the bike racks, knocked over a police officer, went up the stairs. He's at the second breach point, as we're told. This is what is called breach point. He remained on restricted grounds for over two hours. He interfered with police officers. He put his hands on a metal sign that the DOJ says was used as a battering ram against police. I could easily name six or seven serious charges he should be charged with. So the question is, why wasn't he? And why has the DOJ and corporate media uh, covered for him and now depict him as the sympathetic figure? Everyone else they consider a domestic terrorist, except Ray Epps. None of it adds up. We're talking to Julie Kelly, author of the great book, January 6th. Julie, a couple things on this, too. One, I find almost, you know, tragic that, you know, Ray Epps was at one point him or his legal team. They were kind of implying or hinting at lawsuits. And I kind of like scoffed like law- lawsuits. It reminded me of Jim Moore, you know, playoff playoffs. Like law- I'm, I'm only playing what you said. Like I, I mean, it's you on you. It's not me on you. I don't know you. I've never met Ray Epps in my life. I have no idea who Ray Epps was working for, dealing with, communicating with. I have no idea what I learned. I learned about in court cases, just like you did. I don't know the guy. But it's kind of hilarious. Like this guy and his legal team, oh man, we're going to start like suing some people over what? Playing your video. If they thought that was going to scare anyone like me, you're out of your mind. Like, sue away, man. The discovery is going to be fantastic. Like, you're on tape, a digital video telling people to go to the Capitol. 
And, you know, it's incredible the left has made a martyr out of this guy. Well, he has a pending defamation lawsuit against Fox News. And I'll tell you what I found really alarming, Dan. When I read the Department of Justice's sentencing recommendation, six months in jail, and I heard the comments yesterday of the chief judge who was handling the case, and I could easily identify um, what they wrote and what was said to give Ray Epps more fodder for his lawsuit, that somehow he has been victimized unlike anyone else, which is something the judge said yesterday, which is preposterous. 1,200 people have had their lives completely destroyed, most of whom charged with a petty misdemeanor parading in the Capitol, people who went inside, nonetheless, lives destroyed, families broken up, marriages ended, bankrupted, you know, an outcast in their Matt community, in their dead, families. Julie, Matt Perna's That's dead. Right. I mean, I mean, this is like, this is serious. This isn't like, when you say lives destroyed, I mean, in the literal sense, ended. lives actually least, destroyed. At least four men we know, possibly six, committed suicide because of the torment by this DOJ and the media. So the idea that he is now a, a victim um, and they this DOJ and the judge are giving him, you know, passages he can add to this lawsuit. When you have a federal judge, the chief judge say you have been disparaged more than anyone else as a victim of conspiracy theories peddled by government officials and powerful interests in the media. Excuse me. Joe Biden has called all of these people collectively insurrectionists and domestic terrorists. So has Chris Ray, the FBI director, Merrick Garland. Go down the list. It doesn't matter if you assaulted a police officer or you stood on Capitol grounds. You are all, you know, with the same broad brush by the most powerful uh, government officials and media interests in the world. And somehow Ray Epps is, is now a victim. And that's what really is infuriating this week seeing how they're helping his defamation lawsuit against Fox. Julie, I have a theory on Ray Epps. I'd like you to hear it out because no one knows more about this guy and the incident than you do. My theory on Epps is this. There are a lot of conservatives out there, me included, who absolutely abhor violence, reject it, reject political violence. It's a red line. We cross. You're never going. But you want to be Ecuador? You be Ecuador on your own. I ain't going to be any part of it. I'm sorry. And there were a lot of things on January 6th to say I was uncomfortable with is to put it mildly. I was a cop. I'm, I'm, I, I can't look at that and say, yeah, that's cool, because it's not. But there were a lot of really, really suspicious things that happened that you don't have to be a conservative MAGA guy to say, hey, wait, you know, the Epps thing, a bunch of these people who seem to be there, and, you know, some were prosecuted, some weren't, reporters getting prosecuted. It seemed like it became more of a cover-up than anything. And if it's just a story of a rally that turned into a riot, then fine. Let's have the let's let's talk about it. I, I'm I'm happy to condemn any kind of political violence. But to get to my point, what I think bothers the left about Epps is people like you and I were like, okay, we're condemning it. There's a guy on video actually calling to go into the Capitol when we knew we shouldn't have been doing that. He's right there. We we pointed it out to you. And then it's like, all of a sudden, we're the bad guys? I think it bothers them because people like you and I did the right thing. And we're like, hey, that's not cool. Like, that guy shouldn't have done that. And our people called him out the night before. They were like, fed, fed. And I think that's what bothers them because it doesn't fit into their narrative like you and I are crazies that wanted this to happen. I think that's why. I agree with you. Um, they, they just didn't know how to handle the Ray Epps situation when, of course, Darren Beatty is the one who recognized that he was on the FBI's most wanted list and then quickly taken off. And mm-hmm. there was no explanation. Mm-hmm. So you're exactly right. But look, this is a man who sent a text to his nephew at around three o'clock that day. I orchestrated it. I will yes. tell you, texts yes. less inflammatory than that have been used as incriminating evidence to throw people in jail for years, charge them with obstruction, conspiracy, seditious conspiracy. Enrique Tario was in Baltimore. Baltimore. He wasn't even in D.C. He was charged with seditious conspiracy, convicted and sentenced to 22 years in prison. I mean, Ray was far more involved than Enrique Tario. So you're right. That's the 
discrepancy there, and, and this was a curveball the media never expected. No, so they instead didn't. of being and, and, like, yeah, you're yeah. right. They're like, oh, no, poor Ray Epps Tucker's making fun of him on Fox News. Right. They, they were just mad that, that people on the right, you, me, Tucker, Darren, a whole bunch of others. I'm, I mean, I'm certainly not taking even a modicum of credit for it, that we were like, hey, OK, I object to political violence. And this guy claims to be with us, but we don't want him. That's and we want to know what happened. And the left was like, you can't do that. That would be the right thing to do. And we're trying to pay you guys as scumbags. Yeah, that's what happened. That's exactly where they got confused. I only got about a minute left. We're talking to Julie Kelly. Her book is January 6th. It's fantastic. Uh, one last thing, Julie. You and I covered in the movie Police State. You were gracious enough to be a part of. The FBI is just expecting us to trust their story here. That's absurd. I mean, after Spygate, the chop zone in Seattle, the lack of prosecutions with Antifa, you expect us just to take your word on anything on January 6th? That's laughable. Well, it seems like Mike Pence does. He said the other day that he believed what Chris Ray and the FBI said joke. about January 6th. What a joke. Yeah. But look, there's a lot more to come out about FBI involvement, other agencies. And this is what, again, the media and the government's very nervous about uh, because they are getting exposed. And people are not are really digging in and taking a second look, Dan, that, you know, maybe what we saw, and we've talked about this, maybe what we saw that day, there was a lot more to that behind the scenes than just clips on cable news. I'm going to tell you something. You and Darren Beatty and Tucker, you watch when all the political clouds and the MAGA Nazi stuff dies down over the years, even the left reluctantly kind of acknowledges Reagan right now. When that dies down, I'm telling you right now, you and your book, January 6th, talking to Julie Kelly, you guys, I promise, are going to be recognized as at the forefront of a truth movement. And people are going to be like, holy crap, they weren't crazy. There was actually something more there than the simple insurrection narrative the goon left told us about. Julie, I wish I had more time with you. The book, January 6th, by the great Julie Kelly, one of the best journalists out there. Go pick it up today wherever you get your books. Julie, thanks for your time. There's no better person on the topic than you. Thanks a lot. Thank you, Dan. So grateful. You got it. She's the best. Julie Kelly. Folks, I'm telling you, I mean that. You watch when all this dies down over the next decade. Even some kooky leftists are going to have to admit, eh, maybe she was onto something. Up next is one of the more uplifting rants on my show. I think you're going to like this one. I needed a little heartwarming episode, and this certainly fit the bill. But first, our next sponsor. Hey, a great day begins with a great night's sleep. You're missing out if you're not sleeping on a Helix mattress. Helix offers 20 unique mattresses for big, tall, short, wide, even special ones for kids. To find the perfect fit, Helix provides a 100-night in-home sleep trial. No matter your sleeping position, side, back, stomach, whatever, Helix is the answer. Memory foam, hybrid, all the more responsive to the individual with enhanced cooling features, which I needed, to keep you from overheating. Helix is about comfort, care, and an unbelievable night's sleep. My Helix mattress, the best I've slept on. The only thing is, fed up, the setup is fast and super easy. I don't like sleeping in hotels anymore because I'm spoiled. Don't take my word for it. GQ and Wired Magazine named Helix their number one mattress. Take the Helix Sleep Quiz at helixsleep.com. Find your perfect mattress in under two minutes. As a bonus, Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for my listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash Dan. Use code HELIXPARTNER20. It's our best offer yet, and it won't last long. Listen, woke sports, it is what it is. I'm kind of done with it, but there's hope out there. I'll explain here. Check this out. And uh, although today's show has been some kind of bad news, some kind of middle-of-the-road news, I like to throw in and sprinkle in some good news stories once in a while. Listen, the current sports environment to me, it's upsetting. And I say that because I, I addressed this on the podcast earlier, and I'll bring it up uh, here again today. I follow a select few people on Twitter. And I mean, really follow. Like people, I read their stuff and this guy, uh, Mike Cernovich on Twitter, he's really, he's got some pretty insightful stuff, and I'll read his stuff uh, uh, when I'm on social media. And uh, one of the few areas I have a minor disagreement with him on is, he, he calls it sports ball. He doesn't like when people basically waste a lot of their time on sports, and I, I think his take, I don't mean to mischaracterize it, is, and he's not wrong, by the way, is that, you know, these people genuinely don't care about you, so why waste so much time with them? And he's not inaccurate. But the thing about sports that always mattered to me growing up, when I was a kid, maybe it was a little bit of hero worship. Like I loved Don Mattingly, the first baseman for the Yankees. And then as you get older, as Pearl Jam once said, you trade magic for fact. You realize like these guys are just a bunch of self-centered athletes like everyone else. 
But you still enjoy the collective experience. You know, when I go to an Auburn basketball game, and I'm going to a few this year, I hope to see you there, or a football game, it's about, you know, me and my kids enjoying an experience with some talented people who may not may or may not be the best people. I don't know. I don't know them. But they're good at what they do, and that's okay. I'm a meritocratic guy. They do something a lot better than I ever could, and I enjoy watching it. You know, I hopefully do a good radio show. It's why you enjoy listening to it. doesn't mean I should operate on your spleen. So with sports, it's the collective experience that matters. And I bring that up because one of the great disappointments of my life uh, in the land, and, and I mean it, it may sound overstated, but I assure you it isn't, is I absolutely love football. I love football. I love it. I was a quarterback. I was not a very good one, but I know the game and I genuinely enjoyed it. The physicality of it, the big mental component of it. You know, there's a reason in football that you can get a five-tool guy out there, put him on the field with every single metric for success and stick him in a quarterback position, and he sucks. Because it's just so infinitely complicated what has to go through your brain watching these receivers on the field. Why am I bringing any of this up? Because when the NFL went woke, it really ripped the heart out of me. I was a big Oakland Raiders fan, L.A. Raiders fan. They're now the Vegas Raiders. Been all over the place. The Raiders have been back and forth, L.A. and Oakland. But I could tell you who their offensive linemen were, who had all their records and all that stuff. And when they went woke with the Kaepernick stuff, I felt like part of me died. And then Major League Baseball got woke. And then basketball got woke. I'm not going to tell you I still don't enjoy a game. I go to college games a lot, you know, my daughter and all. But I really did feel like a part of me kind of died. And it wasn't that I idolized these people for who they are. I enjoyed watching them for what they can do. It's really that simple. They can do something special. If it wasn't special, people wouldn't pay hundreds of millions of dollars for that skill. So it was upsetting to me when these sports went woke. So when I get a good news story, you know, I understand these guys are imperfect human beings like everyone else. But when I get a good news story about an NFL athlete who just goes on TV and is the most humble candid, just seemingly nice, pleasant guy. I think to myself, why can't the NFL just get its head out of its ass and start promoting guys like this who really seem to care? Here's what I mean, Jim, if you would. Cut six. We're on in Houston now. Uh, thankfully, we love to be on that market. Well, we're on in a better, a better time slot than we were before, which is really fantastic. But your quarterback, C.J. Stroud, is not only... An amazing quarterback. Did I hear correctly that he's closing in or, or passed for 5,000 yards this season? I'm, I think I heard that correctly. Do you know how incredible that is? That's insane. Like, this guy is an amazing quarterback. And yet, every single time they interview this guy post-game, he never has anything good to say about himself. It's always about his team, about Jesus, about God. I get it. They're athletes. I understand. Maybe they care about us. Maybe they don't. But my point is, if the NFL, if they just could get it, their heads like out of their asses and say, you know what, there's no future in this woke stuff. These are not the people who consume our product. How about we don't alienate our people? And they're doing fine. Most of the live broadcasts that set records are still NFL games. I'm not suggesting they're hurting. But I am suggesting that there are a bunch of people out there who still have a really hard time watching it. Because they know they embrace this anti-American, anti-cop garbage. Maybe start promoting guys like this. This really, listen to this guy. He's just an amazing guy. Every time. Jim, you know, you're in Texas. I mean, you're in the Dallas market, but which is obviously separate from Houston. But this guy's just an incredible guy. Listen to what he had to say after the game this weekend. Check this out. Welcome to the playoffs. How does that sound to you? Man, it's a blessing. I can't do nothing but just thank my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, man. I'm sorry. I put a lot of work in. My team has everybody counting us out from the, from the start. So, man, it's just special to see the city of Houston just on to come up again. And um, I'm just blessed enough to be the vessel that, that Christ picked to, to lead this great franchise. So I can do nothing but just thank the Lord. 
Folks, I, I really, I, I can't say enough about this young man. I don't know him. I've never met him in my entire life. Never. I, I don't know him. I don't know his family. I don't know his cousins. I, I just know that when you get a microphone like I have and he has and politicians have, he's a, he's a sports athlete. I'm a radio host. Politicians have a microphone because of their position. I think you have a responsibility to evangelize, I, I, I just think you do. Um, you don't, may not agree, but I, I think you do. I feel like God gave me this job for a reason. And you don't have to shove it down anyone's throat, but I'm never going to lie to you. You know, Jesus is, means the exact same thing to me as he does to him. But, you know, the unfortunate thing about the society we live in today is that's not like the, quote, cool thing. Oh, it's a Jesus. I hear about Jesus. Who wants to hear about They want to hear about you and... You know, what is it? you know, what kind of bling you got and, you know, I'm rolling in my Bentley after the game and all this stuff. They want you to do like the neon Dion routine or whatever it is. I tell you what, man, you get more guys like that. Maybe people like me will start watching on a regular basis again. What an amazing guy. And that's not the only piece of good news that happened this weekend. It's a Monday. It's a little gloomy, by the way, in Florida. You guys, Florida's a sunshine state. For the last three days, we've seen no sun at all. It's like the weirdest thing. So I'm feeling pretty good about these stories, and I need a little uplift. The U.S. junior uh, hockey team, they won the gold medal in the world championships this weekend. And unlike the U.S. women's soccer team, which disgraced the entire planet in the United States by kneeling for our national anthem, these garbage people, Remember them, the Megan Rapino class? You don't have to play for the United States. Go take your ass to another team and play for Cuba. Nobody gives a, okay, goodbye now. Don't let the door hit you in the ass. They chose to play for the U.S. team. And what did they do? They used their platform and their microphone to take a dump all over this country than the people who work here. And you know what? I'm going to tell you something. I don't care if it's a controversial take, even a little bit, because if I did, I wouldn't say it. I don't care. If they lose, great. The U.S. women's soccer team lost. I didn't give a damn. Matter of fact, when they lost, I was like, good. Maybe if you focused on soccer instead of taking a leak all over the American flag, maybe you would have won the damn game and had a bunch of people behind you with some positive mojo. So it's kind of refreshing when this U.S. junior, uh, junior national team wins the gold medal in this world championship and the national anthem plays... And you see and hear this. I think you'll all agree with me that although those guys may be a little off key, yeah, goosebumps, you're damn right. That that's the most glorious sound you've heard all day. You don't got to be Whitney Houston to sing the national anthem. You just got to look at those stars and stripes and say, you know, that means something to me. That ain't a tablecloth, man. That's not just a piece of fabric. That's an idea, an idea that matters to me. And it mattered to them. It doesn't matter if they were on key or off key. They're not singers. They're excellent hockey players. You got to watch the video of that. They all got their arms around each other. The USA emblazoned across their chests. You know, that's why sports still has a special place in my heart. And moments like that, that sometimes you can only enjoy collectively and that experience with people around and they matter that much more. I, mean, I shouldn't say you can only enjoy it collectively, but when you know everyone else is living it with you, sports is a unique place in our lives. We don't want to feel like we're alone in the world. And it would be nice if these sports leagues, again, would get their heads out of their rectums and just realize that the people patronizing your sport, paying these salaries and showing up with the tickets that are exorbitantly priced now are people who love this country. And I just want to say to C.J. Stroud and to the hockey team members that for whatever it's worth for me, I don't know if whatever, you may, you may 
say, hey, who cares what that guy thinks? And fair enough. I don't know you. You don't know me. But you have my utmost respect. And it's guys like you that are going to save professional and amateur sports. I get it. This country's got its problems. Everybody understands that. We're a country of human beings. I totally get it. Everyone gets it. No sane person thinks otherwise. But there's absolutely no reason for someone playing for the United States, playing to, choosing voluntarily to play for one of our teams, to go and embarrass us in front of the entire world, given everything we've done for humankind. I lost an uncle in Vietnam fighting for a country he'd never seen in his entire life to try to prevent the world from collapsing into communism. I've got a grandfather who fought in the Battle of the Bulge and never talked about it. I got a proud family. They fought for this stuff. It matters. Just wish some of these ungrateful people would take a lesson from these two groups and that young man quarterback in the Houston Texans. I'm going to tell you something. You're making a Houston Texans fans out of me. I haven't bought an NFL jersey in a long time. I haven't bought an NFL jersey since Bo Jackson. I may buy that, guys. Just to show, you know, it matters. Hey, thanks for listening to this special Sunday podcast. We appreciate it. If you want to check out the radio show, you can always watch it on Rumble at rumble.com slash Bongino. First two hours are free. Last hour is for our local subscribers. And also on over 300 radio stations across the country, go to Bongino.com, click Station Finder, and find out, uh, find out where we're on right near you. See you on Monday. You just heard Dan Bongino.